What is up, everybody? This is Podcast Gameverse, episode 089 for Saturday, December 18, 19. Oh, you know what? Actually, today is my birthday. <laughs> oh, shit. Happy birthday. <laughs> so I was going to say 1990. <laughs> and uh, that is not what the year is right now. It's 2021. I am Wasabi Ice Cream, joined by my dude, Rick. What is up? What is up, man? Happy birthday to you. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I was like, I was saying that. And I was like, I slipped into 1990 there. I was born in 1990. But, uh, yeah. I don't like well, my birthday. I just want people to leave me alone on my birthday. I don't want anyone to bother me. I'm the same way. If I could, like, if I can get the day off of work and just, like, hang out at home with no one bugging me, like, that's a good birthday. Get off of work on your birthday? Huh? You get get a day off on your birthday? No, but I'd like to take a day off. (laughs) It was like, I broke my arm. I'm not coming in today. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, that's a perfect birthday to me. If I can just... If I can get the day off and just hang out, nobody bug me. Perfect birthday. Yeah. Um, guys, this is a video game podcast. We talk about video games here. We do this live on Gamerverse.com. Gamerverse.com slash Twitch. Gamerverse.com slash YouTube. Gamerverse.com slash Discord. You can actually jump in there. We've got a whole thing. You can just chat to us. We chat back. Uh, if you can't catch us live, you can go to gamerverse.com slash podcast. Leave us an email. We'll read your email uh, and clown you live on air. Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, we, it's it's going to be an interesting show. We got we got some good topics to touch on, some good shit to talk about. But let's start how we always start, man. Tell the people what you've been playing. You played uh, Pray for the Gods yesterday. I did play that. Yeah, what would you think? Um, so the thing about this game is that I, it's been floating around in, I guess, various forms for a while now, like at least like two or yeah. three years. So I've like always known about it, especially they came across, they, their original name was Prey, P-R-E-Y for the gods, but they had to change yeah. it to P-R-A-E-Y for the gods, even though in the title screen it's still Prey, P-R-E-Y. Uh, but, uh, in, in getting together the notes for the podcast and just looking through trailers and stuff, came across this one and I guess I didn't realize that this game is a Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. Uh, mixed with Breath of the Wild kind of survival elements. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay. What, how much is this game like 25 bucks? 25 bucks on yeah. Steam. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm buying this and we're just gonna play this then. Because Shadow of the Colossus, one of my favorite games of all time, masterpiece. Yeah. If you haven't played it, you're fucking up. Uh, and then like you mix that with Breath of the Wild, it's it just it's an interesting combination. Yeah, and um, it's a very good combination. It makes sense. Like when you put those two things together, like it makes sense. Like. You could yeah. easily put like Shadow of the Colossus style like monster climbing combat in a Breath of the Wild and it would work. Like <laughs> Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. And I gotta give this game 
a lot of credit, I think it works better than it, it works better than Zelda does in Breath of the Wild. That might yeah. sound a little weird. But the thing about Breath of the Wild for me was that it was a great like exploration adventure game, but I didn't feel like it was a great Zelda game, you know? Yeah. And Yeah, I had the same criticisms on it. Uh, I think Shadow of the Colossus works so much better in that entire with with all those mechanics. Yeah. And Any highlights? Anything that stands out that like that can back that up? Uh it gives you well, it's 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 the climbing. It's the climbing aspect and it's also like um, now I will say this game is, it's, it's, it's very indie. It is, you know, like I said, it's a $25 indie joint. So th there are some kind of missteps, not missteps, but some things that I was like, oh, you kind of got to improve on this. Like you, you still, it, there's like a bunch of survival shit in it. So basically it's the survival stuff in the like cold environments of Breath of the Wild that they really, cause it's all, it all takes place in like the it's all super cold and you have to stay warm you have to eat and you have to sleep and it's all stamina management just like shadow colossus was but if you don't eat then your stamina depletes faster and you can't eat while you're climbing so you kind of have to go into every encounter prepared but here's here's a main difference between shadow of the colossus is that shadow of the colossus you had to fight every boss in, in order yeah. So it kind of, you kind of weren't incentivized to explore very much. But in this, which I didn't know until I just stumbled upon one, you can fight the bosses in any order. It kind of, it tries to guide you in an, in an order. It'll highlight like, hey, in the sky, here's a big light beam where the next boss is. But you can kind of just go wherever you want and explore stuff and collect stuff and craft. You can upgrade all your equipment. There's actually smaller enemies in the world unlike shadow of the colossus which had nothing this game has like smaller enemies and you can kill them and like take their materials and their equipment and upgrade your stuff uh which is really cool but i feel like the the smaller scale combat isn't that great you don't have many options in terms of like blocking or uh so that was it, it like i i kind of felt like like skipping the the combat the smaller combat stuff was like a better option in most cases because they don't always drop stuff either yeah like i don't know if i remember this correctly but i remember playing um shadow of the colossus a little bit on ps3 when it got that ps3 remaster and i remember being surprised like i didn't get into like any small fights am i remembering that right like the original shadow of the colossus didn't have like any small fights like all the combat was the large monsters okay yeah it just had the 16 colossi and you had to fight them in order and that was it now the only reason to explore in shadow of the colossus was to get like if you like found like rare fruit in the trees you can collect those and get a health upgrade and then there were like lizards around the map that had glowing tails and you can kill those and eat those for a stamina upgrade. But that was it. And I think in the remaster, they added some like other stuff you could find as like for achievements, I think. I think they ended up doing that for the remaster. But other than that, it was nothing. So I like that for this game, 
those survival elements actually incentivize you to kind of wander around and explore a little bit. Because if you just go straight into a fight, like I did with, I killed the first two bosses pretty easily. And then I just ran straight to the third boss thinking, oh yeah, I'm just going to fucking get through all this. And um, it just didn't, I didn't, it was difficult. It was difficult because I didn't realize, first of all, like Shadow of the Colossus, all the, they're all like puzzles. You, and I kind of forgot that while, while I was doing this. All the bosses are like their own puzzles. So you have to figure out what you need to do to even like get on top of the motherfucker. And uh, this game doesn't tell you, like you can't like lift your sword up and like find out where all the weak spots are. You actually have to start climbing them. And once you get close to the weak spot, then it tells you, hey, this is where the weak spot is. So you don't even know where the weak points are until you like start climbing it. So... It That's just really made, cool. Yeah, it, it made it a little harder. But um I like that so, though. So I was like, I'm just gonna run around and explore for a little bit. And then while I was doing that, uh upgraded each each piece of my equipment. You get uh like shoes, a, a shirt, pants, um mm -hmm. and like you get a glider so you can like glide and stuff. Uh there's no fast travel, so that was a thing. I had wandered so far away that I was like, oh, I'm never going to make it back there to where they, to where the next boss is. But then I just started exploring more and I stumbled into another boss that just wasn't even uh, made, made clear to me. So then I started fighting that and I actually ended up being able to kill that one. And it was just, it was just super fun. Um, just like wandering into that situation like that. Um, I'm trying to think what else it's, it's like, it's, it's better than I thought it would be, to be honest. Uh, cause I've I, heard I, good things about it. Like it's been an early access since like 2017, 2018. And honestly, like, like you said, I forgot it existed Yeah. until recently. And it's, it's cool that it's, it's, it's living up to the hype. It tried to set up and it took some inspiration from breath of the wild which I don't even think was out when this game was first being developed. So it's really, really cool to see that. And like, like we've talked about before, like Breath of the Wild is such a cool game to like steal from. I wish more games would do it. <laughs> yeah. And to see this game do it is really, really cool. I'm glad you liked it. I might check it out now or just play the original Shadow of the Colossus. No, they did a PS4 remaster, right? I think I'll just pick that up. Because I haven't yeah. played it. I need to sit down and play it already. <laughs> yeah, if you've not played that, it's it's incredible. Now, I will say the the, the feeling this game has, it's very yeah. different uh, than the feeling of Shadow Colossus. But it's uh, it's got a bunch of like weather effects that are very impressive, like blizzards and, and winds and, and storms and stuff. So you got to kind of take shelter and, and build a fire. Some of the fire stuff yeah. was a little weird because you build a fire and it just, you just throw it on the ground. Like I didn't, I haven't figured out how to cook anything properly yet. Like there's like, there's, there's pre-made campfires that you can go to and that's where you can do like your, your crafting and resting. But you can also just make like a little makeshift fire, but she just like throws them on the ground and then they just kind of sit there for a couple seconds and then it just goes away. 
So like, and then you can throw your food into that as well, just on the ground. But I've never been able to successfully cook anything without burning it, just by throwing it on that on the ground like that. I don't know. A lot of this, a lot of the mechanics they don't really explain. There's a lot of icons and stuff they don't explain. There's a lot of stuff that just like you you kind of sit there and go, what what how, like how do I do this? And I guess it just wants you to experiment with stuff. But I don't know. I found it a little frustrating, especially like trying to figure out. How do I like how do I sleep? And it doesn't tell you that until you actually pick up you find and pick up a bedroll and it's like, hey, you can use this to sleep. And I'm like, Oh, okay, would have that would have been nice to know. <laughs> I've only found one of those and I still haven't used it. So But um yeah, there there's a lot uh there's a lot to this game. I don't even think I've seen most of it yet, but um it only has half as many colossi. I don't know I don't even know what they call them in this, but there's only eight of them in this game, where Shadow had sixteen. But uh, with a game that's like probably had like a fourth of the budget Shadow did, the fact they could fit eight like monsters in there is still impressive. Yeah. But yeah, that's really cool. Um, anything like, else the, you've been playing? Stream, like this is obviously right honestly now. on my list. Like, I'm gonna check this out now. The the stream is choppy right now. Uh, but I think I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm recording in 4k, so it should be, um, it should be, it should be okay for now. I'm just going to roll with it. All right. No worries. Um, but no, this game looks really good. Anything else you've been playing that you want to talk to the people about? I think that was it. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I, 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 I was, I, I played, uh, Psychonauts 2, I'm like right at the end of that. I was like streaming it the other day, but like yeah. I don't know, Twitch exploded or something, and it just wasn't it wasn't going through. So I just played it on my own, and I'm like right at the end. I'm like right at the end boss fight. I think it's kind of, it's like warning me like, hey, if you go, you better you better be ready. And I'm like, okay, this must be the end. Though it said that like twice now, and it wasn't really the end. I don't know. So I don't know, but I'm at the end. I think so. Oh, um. I haven't been playing a lot. Uh, there is a game I've been playing that I keep forgetting to talk about every week. And it's, uh, I actually picked up a Zer Striker Gunvolt a couple okay. weeks ago on sale on Switch. Uh, just because those of you don't know, it's a, uh, it's a Mega Man X inspired 2D platform side-scrolling action game. It was developed by uh, Inti Creates, the same developers that made uh, the make some of the Mega Man Zero and ZX games. And they also worked on, what was it, Blaster Master Zero too, right? They did that too? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they do some good shit. And I played Azure Striker Gunvolt. It was on sale on Switch. Uh, it's a collection that came with the first two games. And I'm not going to lie, at the beginning, I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like it in the beginning. I did not like the way the game felt. I didn't like the combat system. Because it has, it's, you're not just jumping and shooting. Like, when you shoot, you tag enemies with these darts. And those deal damage, but the max damage you can do is with your um, Azure Strike, I think is what it's called, which is basically a, uh, a button attack. When you hold the right bumper, you cover yourself in lightning, and enemies that you tagged get chained to that lightning attack, and it deals damage to them. And the game's on a performance system, so... If you tag multiple enemies and kill them all very quickly, you get a bonus. You get bonus points for that. 
and at the end of the chapter, it calculates your score and gives you a, a, a lettered ranking. And at first, I didn't like it. I was like, this this doesn't feel good to play. Um, I don't like, why can't I just jump and shoot? Like, I was really, <laughs> like, pissy about it. But then somehow, in the second level of the game, I don't know what happened, but something just clicked. And I started to play the game the way it wanted me to play. And something, I don't know, I can't explain what happened, but something in my brain, like a switch flipped, and I went from not getting it to getting it. And it became one of my favorite 2D platformers. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you play the game the way it wants you to play it, you can have a blast with it. Uh, the lightning ability isn't too overpowered because even though you use it, there's an MP, like a, a charge meter, like an, think of it like your MP, that lowers when you use it. If it drips all the way down, you have to wait a long time for it to fill back up. So your your da the damage you could do is very heavily affected. Um, some attacks, if enemies do certain attacks on you, you can block them with this lightning shield thing. So there's a lot of elements that use it that are really creative. It even slows down your, your fall speed if you use it. So you can use it for some tricky platforming sections. And there's an ability if you double tap down, you instantly refill it. But you can't do that if you let it drop all the way to zero. So there's a, there's a lot of management with that system that I don't know what happened. I hated it so much in the first like level, two levels. And then something clicked and I loved it. And there's different weapons that affect how you can tag people. So uh, the starting weapon, I think, only lets you do three tags. And enemies, the more tags you drop on them, the more damage you can do up to a max of three. So I can hit one enemy three times to do max damage, or I can hit three different enemies one time and do minimal damage, but it's to all three of them simultaneously. And you unlock other weapons that, for example, give you five charges, but it's a slower shoot speed. Uh, but you can hold it, you can charge, you can pierce through multiple enemies in one shot. And there's another one that shoots in different directions, but you only have like two charges. So it's really creative. And unless you swap between the weapons simultaneously, you can kind of pick the weapon for the job. And there are challenges you can take on. So let's say you beat a level, you can take on a challenge. It's like, oh, beat the level in five minutes, beat the level without getting hit, uh, beat the level and finish the boss with a special move, which is like another thing that I'll introduce that's introduced in the game. It's good. Like it, it took me a while to get into it. Once I got into it, I really, really, really liked it. And I'm a fan of the series now, and I really, really want to play some of the later games now. Uh, but this is a lot of fun. If you like Mega Man X or any of those other um, high-speed 2D platform action games, this is seriously really, really good. And it might not click with you in the beginning like it did with me, but once you get the hang of it, you start playing the game by the rules it's designed, it's a lot of fun. Um, have you ever played it? Because I know you played a couple NT Creates games. I don't know if you played this. I played this. I streamed it once, which is like yeah. the crazy thing about that was that like the one time I streamed this game, there were like eighty people watching in the in the chat uh, for this game. I'm like, what the fuck are all these people coming from? Uh, I guess just to watch this. But it, I, I felt the same way. Like it didn't, it wasn't hitting for me at first. Like when it was like 80 people in there, I was like, well, I got to play this for these people who want to see this. <laughs> and I don't know. It wasn't hitting. I don't think I got uh, as far as you did to where it clicked for you. But not that I hated it, but it was just like, eh, I expected something a little, a little more jump and shooty, you know, but 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I expected. And there's there's a lot to it that when you when you take that jump and shoot element out of it, it's disappointing initially because that's what I went into expecting. I thought I was getting Mega Man X with a different name, and that's not what it is. It's very similar in the control system and jump. You can jump off walls and stuff like you could in Mega Man X, but this whole tagging system and the lightning chain system, I can't what they call it in the game. I think they just straight up call it a zero strike. But point is that once you get into it and you start playing the game the way it wants you to play it, it's it's gonna click with you and it's really fun. There's a bit more precision involved with it than there is in Mega Man X. In Mega Man X, you can just keep shooting and there's no penalty to missing. But with this, if you miss that shot and you're trying to do that like lightning charge, you know, the damage you're gonna do is very limited, especially if you want to stack all three charges and then deal damage really quickly, move on to the next enemy. Like, there's a lot of focus in it that wasn't required in Mega Man X, and I think that's when it clicked for me that I need to be a little bit more accurate in how I'm shooting. I can't just randomly shoot and then focus on avoiding shots like you could in Mega Man X. You have to focus on getting those tags, doing that lightning strike, keeping that meter up, because once that hits zero, like, you're fucked. It's so... The time it takes to fill all the way up, and you're pretty much like defenseless while it's doing it. You want to keep that up, and making sure to double tap if you're fighting a boss and you just finish off like a boss attack. Um, you want to double tap down to fill up your charge again. This way, when he comes back for his next phase, like you're ready to defend it. Like it's it's really exhilarating. Like once it clicked for me, and I really really liked it. Um, I would recommend giving it another shot if you can. There's a weapon you unlock. I think it's on the second level called the Naga. And that weapon's cool because it doesn't shoot as fast as the initial gun. But you can do five charges instead of three. So you, you can tar tag a little bit more enemies. And if you hold it, you can do a powered up shot that pierces enemies and tags multiple enemies. And that's like my main weapon because it gives you the most charges. And it kind of fits that accuracy gameplay the game was going for a little bit better in my opinion than just yeah. randomly shooting darts really quickly. But, see, you but like yeah, the, I really liked it. You like the kind of games where it's like you get style points for playing good. Like I do. Ryan Bay and I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I like games. It's a double-edged sword because I take those styles a lot more seriously than I should. So if a game like gives me a C, I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm gonna play it again until I get a, <laughs> at least a B. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it can make games not fun for me. Like when I was playing Devil May Cry Five during the last boss fight, I don't like to use items in Devil May Cry. So if I die, I have no problem like starting the whole game from the beginning because I don't want to lose points for using items. And my wife was getting frustrated because she was she was watching me play and she was like. You keep getting so close to being that boss. It sucks. You can't heal yourself. And I was like, oh, I can. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same thing with this game, because like when you start to to play through it and you memorize the, the layout, you can start. OK, you're like, OK, let me try to do it faster. Let me try to find some of the secret items that are there. Let me take on some of these challenges so I can get some extra equipment so I can build more stuff. The game has a crafting system to craft more gear. So that's really cool. But you get those you get those supplies from searching the level or taking on challenges and they give you these crafting materials if you complete these challenges and they're they're cool stuff it's like finish the level with x amount of points finish the level with a certain level at a certain speed uh finish the level and kill the boss with a special attack 
um, don't lose points. Because another cool thing about the game is that it lets you play how you want. So there's three different difficulty settings, but they're not really difficulties. It's just a flex. So there's the standard one, which is safe, where you don't build. So when you get shot in the standard difficulty, if you get shot three times, you lose your multiplier until you hit the next checkpoint. So if you can get through from one checkpoint to another without getting hurt, you can bank all those points and you can get a ton of points for doing it. And, but if you get hit three times, you lose that multiplier starting from zero again um, until you can bank the points. Now, there's three different difficulties from there. From, from You can go down where you don't lose your multiplier at all, but the game, I think it limits you to like a C ranking if you do it like that. So it doesn't matter how many points you get, you're finishing with a C. And then there's the hardest one, which doesn't change enemy layout as far as I know, or damage taken, but it reduces that cap from three to one. But if you do that, you get like double points. <laughs> so you can bet your ass I ran through a couple levels with that to see how high a score I can get trying to beat. Like it, it's crazy, like how many, how many times I've replayed levels because I want to see those numbers go up. I want to do those challenges. I want to get that equipment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So if you like that kind of game, this game is really good for that. Uh, if you don't like that kind of game, you can ignore it and just play through the story. The story is pretty interesting. But yeah, I, I was surprised like how it, it, I was really frustrated at first. I was like, fuck, I can't return this. I bought it on Switch. So Nintendo's return service sucks, so I can't just take it back. Uh, but I played through it and I was like, okay, now that it's clicking, I fucking love this game. And uh, I recommend, like, Wasabi for sure, dude, just give it another shot. You know, try to play, the, play the, the way the game wants. Once it clicks, like, and you get it, it's a fucking blast, dude. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the main one I wanted to talk about. I'm still playing same old games. Neo 2, I'm still playing. SMT5, I'm still playing. Um, I'm getting a little burnt out because I've been rushing through SMT5 a lot. I put a lot of time into it very quickly. So I'm kind of taking myself to other games like Azure Striker Gunvolt kind of slow me down a little bit. I want to burn myself out of SMT5. I've also been replaying Grim Dawn again. Uh, Vanilla, not playing with any mods. Um, and that's still a fun game. So definitely recommend that. We talked about Grim Dawn quite a bit on the show. It's fucking phenomenal. I'm actually playing to like some specific online builds and it's like, crazy like some of the shit these people come up with that just completely change how the game's played um but yeah that's what i've been playing um we have quite a bit to talk about in gaming headlines coming up right now yeah. uh one i'm really excited for is a kotaku article kind of wanted brought up this discussion that wasabi wanted to bring up with us um during a preview with forespoken during a preview for forespoken the new uh square enix game uh, the devs behind it kind of describe their black protagonists as a really cringy ways. Um, I haven't seen the preview, but according to the article, they reference the character's walk as kind of having a very hip hoppy kind of walk, <laughs> which super cringy. They described the character as being very angry, fallen through cracks society, on the verge of prison which a lot of people kind of commented those are very aggressive black stereotypes to be putting on this character. And the Kotaku article talks about how, like, there really weren't any black writers on the staff writing this game, writing for this character. They said they had some feedback from the actual actress who is black, 
uh, to kind of give them some tips on the character, how her interpretation of it was. But it kind of sparked a discussion that should games or any media that features a black protagonist have black writers to avoid stuff like this. Um, and this is a topic that I, I'm really interested in. Um, Wasabi, what do you think? I want to get your opinion first, so I can kind of <laughs> go from there. Yeah, so um, as a black man, if you didn't know I'm black, hi, hello. <laughs> uh, oh, we just lost 12 subscribers, so I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't hear, okay, so it's a, it's a yes and no, right? Yeah. When it comes to, I'm going to speak about Forspoken specifically. Yeah. Now, because when it comes to this game, I really don't think that her being black has anything to do with the story they're trying to tell or exactly. what kind of character she... I, I think that they already had a story in mind for this game, but they didn't have a character, right? So they they specifically said, I think in here or somewhere else, that they didn't have a character yet, so when the the actress came to uh, the audition. audition, they were like, "Oh, she's perfect." Yeah, not because she was black, but I guess because you know she was she fit the mold of what they were trying to do. Yeah, um, she just happened to be black is a thing. Yeah, but and... they're saying that her her background is that she's from New York. She's had like mm -hmm. a, a a troubled upbringing. She's poor and she's angry and she's like almost like in prison and, and shit like that. But I don't think it's because she's black. I think it's just because that's yeah. the character background that they wanted to make. Exactly. I don't, like, and... I don't think they were going through their heads like, oh, okay, so she's black, so she's poor. And and uh, she's a woman and a black woman, so she's angry, very angry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think they were doing that, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think they were doing that either. And it, it's not fair to like bring up those stereotypes of this character because if it was any other character if this was like a hispanic well maybe if it was a hispanic character people would still be pissy about it but if this is a white character nobody would bring up these stereotypes at all you know what i mean yeah nobody would bring that stuff up at all and it's weird to me that because she's black suddenly like they need to take her backstory under a microscope and look for microaggressions and look for the stere harmful stereotypes, quote unquote, um, which I think is kind of counterproductive to do that. Because again, if she was white, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So it seems like there's this weird double standard. And you could argue like, you know, those stereotypes exist. It's important not to perpetuate them. But I would argue, I don't think they're doing as much damage as people are claiming they are. And as for, and it raised the discussion, like, if there was someone black who was writing this, they wouldn't have done that. Really? Like, you think so? <laughs> but also, like, like whole, how, yeah. how black are, do we need to be before it's like, oh, no, he's, he's, he's got 13%. He's okay. Or, like, exactly. <laughs> like, when you start doing that, it's like, okay, like, what the fuck? Like, what's the, what's the cutoff? Yeah, what's then? the end game? Yeah, what's yeah. the end game here? And but that that, that raises were, even if even yeah. if even if everyone making this even everyone involved in this if they were all black one hundred percent and they had the same exact story 
what would we call it out then? Would it would it still be harmful then, or would it still be troublesome then? Because yeah, or would it be like an accurate representation of being yeah, black in America? Like, like... A, a bad a bad story is a bad story, no matter who fucking writes it. You can write, exactly. You can be a white person and write a good story about a black female. You can be a white male and write and write a great story about a black female. Uh, I mean, like uh, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin yeah. Tarantino is my favorite writer director in in movies, right? Mm-hmm. And he wrote movies like uh, Jackie Brown, Django, Django, yeah, Jackie Brown, Django. Uh, like these are ph- phenomenal films, man. Uh, yeah. Like, what is he not allowed to? Is he harming black people by by writing these things? I don't think so. Maybe someone exactly. thinks so, but exactly. Uh, and I, I want to talk on the opposite end of the spectrum here a little bit, where as a writer, it is important to know what you're writing about. And as such, if you don't know something, either don't write about it or do your research. Yeah. You know, I think we could agree on that. And I want to take a step back and talk about a non-video game example. Um, I actually did some research on this when you wanted to bring up this topic. It's something I've wanted to talk about for a while. Uh, the Jeffersons is considered a groundbreaking TV series. It, was, it ran for 11 seasons from 1975 to 1985 and it even had a special a reunion special in 2019 and what makes it so groundbreaking is that it featured a predominantly black cast and because it ran for so long it's considered a hallmark in not just television history but also black representation in media especially from 1975 to 1985 like let's be honest like black portrayal was not good then and things people don't want to talk about with this show is that it had a predominantly white creator. Uh, Norman Lear was right, was white, and the whole writing staff was all white as well. Because let's be honest, there weren't a lot of black writers in Hollywood in the seventies. You know, that's just America's fucked up. That's how that's what happened. Uh, but but they didn't just shoot from the hip when writing this show. They actually sat down and talked to a lot of um, African-American uh, equality groups. Uh, they had talked to the Black Panthers about how to represent their characters. They had talked to the cast themselves if some of they were writing was offensive or inaccurate. Um, they had a lot of consultation and did a lot of research to make sure they didn't fuck this up. So... I don't think it's more about they needed black writers. It's just they need people who know how to write that experience, either from personal experience or from research. And that's something that's really important to distinguish there. Because like you said, if it was the same story and the cat and the writing staff was all black, 100% black, we wouldn't be having this conversation for Forspoken. And it's, it's weird to me to have to put this like check mark next to it to say it's okay or not and the game's not even out the story's shitty like we'll shit on it but it's weird for me to to bring up that concept especially since you know spider-man miles morales just came out last year and i didn't see any controversy about that how miles was written they did it the the thing that miles morales did is they they were they're set in harlem 
And yeah. Harlem itself has a lot of culture. So that's, that's the difference between like this game where it's this like, what, by the way, the, the term isekai is getting thrown around a lot this year in a way that is never getting thrown around. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. Like this game is like isekai where she's she's in another she's not even in a world where they would care about race or social standards like that. So I think like for the for the for for, for goddamn it for for spoken, I don't even think the color of her skin matters in the world that she's in. Maybe in the world she's exactly. coming from, but for this game she's in a world where it just doesn't matter. And there's like, there's just monsters and, and magic and shit. Like, I don't think anyone gives a fuck in her world. So when you, th- when you talk about like Mars Morales, that's a game that's very much set in this world and the place that really exists. And the place yeah. that has a and being black is important it. to the story in Miles yeah, Morales yeah. where it's not the case in Forspoken. Yeah. And that's something I wanted to touch on a little bit too, because like, that didn't get any shit. And most of the writing staff for that was white too. Like, um, I actually pulled up the writers here. Uh, Mary Kenny, uh, white woman, and fuck, what's his fucking name? Oh, I lost it already. <laughs> um, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. So there are three writers uh, Mary Kenny, a uh, white woman. Then there was a Ben Arfman, a white man. And there is one writer, Evan Narcissi, who is black, and he actually wrote some Black Panther comics, funny enough. Um, so I'm yeah. sure like his input definitely helped with that structure of the character. But you know, this is something again, you want to write about what you know. And if they do if someone does the research, I don't see what the problem is. And again, like you brought up. You know the main character is. Do we have a name? Because I don't want to keep calling her the main character. Does she have a name? Uh, Frey. Frey. So Frey being black, like you said, doesn't matter to the story. And for people to bring it up, like, oh, now that since she's black, what does that mean to the game? Is it going to be a black story? How? When I hear stuff like that, it makes me think that people consider white to be the default. And anything outside of that needs to be justified. And that's yeah. a little fucked up, <laughs> in my but opinion. They're, they're discussing it with this game specifically in a way that they didn't discuss it with, like, Deathloop. Both of the main, the protagonist and the main antagonist, they're both black. But no yeah. one is, like, at least from what I know, no one really discussed that Uh which uh, is interesting. I didn't even think about that until like just now, but yeah, both. Yeah. That's something I didn't think about until you brought it up. And it's, it seems weird to me to like cherry pick this. And again, like it doesn't excuse what the dev said. Cause shit like hip hoppy walk. That's cringy <laughs> as fuck. Like I'll yeah, be honest. Like the, that's the cringy as fuck. I said that their, their motion capture, the guy motion capture guy said that. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, so the I motion capture guy said you that. were describing, I, I'm not going to fault him for saying Something like that. If you were describing the way someone's walking, I mean, not many ways to do that, you know, or vocabulary for that. Kind of have to have, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to fault him too much on that either. Um, yeah. There, there's a lot of worse things he could said. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. There's worse things he could have said, and I don't think hip hop walk is as like offensive as people 
think it is. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not black, um, <laughs> so it doesn't offend me. But I just don't know it's, how it's I would weird say that. to me. Yeah, it's weird to me to like just to see that because like again, like people wind up to nitpick. You know the writing here, put them in their fine tooth comb. I get it. You know you don't want this group being misrepresented. But at the same time, we wouldn't be having this conversation if the whole writing team was black. You know, and this still yeah. came up. We wouldn't be having this conversation. If the main character was white with the same backstory, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, so it does seem to me that there's a lot, there's a double standard here that nobody wants to talk about. Again, like, if the character was white, there's no problem. And suddenly now that she's black, there needs to be this fine-tooth comb that we need to look through with, or we need to put her under a magnifying glass, how she's written, who's writing her. Um, again, that screams to me that white is the default and anything outside of that needs to like have a justification or needs to be examined. And that's a little, little fucked up to me to think that. Um, you know, growing up, like I watched a lot of cartoons, played a lot of games. Most protagonists were not people of color you know, when I grew up. Yeah. Uh, so I think it is cool to see more representation here with that and for people to like argue they need to justify why this character is black and oh we need all black writers uh it, it seems counterproductive to me to do that it seems to it's going to get in the way of progress at least in my opinion <laughs> yeah I don't know I just thought this was a um it was an interesting topic because yeah. You know, well, Kotaku of all places, like of course they would have some shit like this on there. On there. Yeah, they would. Remember when they got all pissy because like Spider Man was working with cops. <laughs> but, but Kotaku is the, the the king of bad takes, so I'm not surprised they did an article like this. And yeah, but it's not it's not a terrible take. I think it's something yeah. worthy of discussion. It's just yeah, the uh. I think the sentiment you walk away with this is that, like, if you're white, you shouldn't be writing a story about black people. But for it's not a story about black people. It's just she just happens to be black. I don't think there's gonna be yeah. anything that comes up in the story where it's like, Frey, you're black. Why don't you uh, enlighten us with some uh, black stories? <laughs> exactly. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see know, that. Like, uh, maybe her her background does come up like a little bit but maybe i just don't think they're not writing that kind of story it's just not i don't think yeah, i'm not getting that vibe from this and i don't know it's, it seems weird to me to like have that take because again at the end of the day a writer is gonna write and they're gonna write about what they know about if they don't know about it they're gonna do their research so they can do it and if it's bad, like we'll shit on it then when it's bad. But I feel like this pre, pre like preemptively like shitting on it is a little counterproductive to me. Um, like this because game, you know, yeah, this game reminds me of ever since they first first showed it off. It reminded me of another Square Enix game called The Quiet Man, where the the oh the that main piece of shit. <laughs> A game, absolutely terrible fucking game. But from what I understand, it's it's a game about a deaf person who's really good at like fighting and shit. He's like has like superhuman. His other senses are enhanced because he's like a mute and deaf. 
So I, from what I understand, they actually consulted with deaf mute people. Maybe I don't know. They did some research and ultimately figured, found out that, um, that that this is how they should convey this this the sense of being deaf and mute. Um, but the game was fucking terrible. The story was fucking terrible. Everything about that game absolutely horrendous. Um, yeah. I don't remember anyone coming out and being like, "Hey, I'm a deaf mute, and this is highly offensive." Or you should really get some deaf mute people on your writing staff. To I don't I don't think anyone did that. It was just a bad game, and we acknowledge it as a bad game, and we moved on. Yeah. Uh, so if if this game is bad, it, it just let it be a bad game. It's not bad because there were no black people there. It's bad just because the writing is bad, or like the game is bad, or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's what we should judge it on when it comes out. Um, you know, it is important to like observe your meat. If there was something genuinely offensive here, <laughs> you know, I think there would be more uproar and we would be able to point it out. But these quote unquote microaggressions that people are finding in there, you know, granted there's the hip hoppy walk thing. It's cringy, but I wouldn't call it like a microaggression. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe coming from a different place. Again, I'm not black. My wife is black. So am I using that as like a justification? Just that's what it is. <laughs> That's my life. That's my 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 uh, I want, I want, my I want connection some more with the opinions black community. On this. I want I want I want people to to yeah to, to voice. If you have any opinions on this, definitely go to you know gamerverse.com slash twitch, gamerverse.com slash YouTube, gamerverse.com slash Discord and Exactly. Like feel. at the end of the day, I want to discuss this. Um so if anyone else, you know, again, like you want to talk about it, you know, send us a chat, you know, give us your opinion, give us your takes on it, see what you think. Uh, but yeah, I was really excited to talk about that one. I think we got our points across. Um, <laughs> there's a funny segue here, but I'm not going to do it. Yes, I am. <laughs> Speaking of color, uh, Dil- <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. Uh, PlayStation 5, we're getting new dual sense controllers with new colors yes. arriving next month, <laughs> followed by PS5 console colors, console covers. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I had to. I had to. The segue was there, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they've got uh, console colors now. Uh, console cover colors now, officially. Which, uh, they're pretty late to the game on their own fucking thing here. But, you know, whatever. Um, they've got three new colors. The, for a dual sense controller. Nova Pink, Starlight Blue, and Galactic Purple. Um, not gonna lie, that pink is on point. I love the oh, yeah. I, I love the look of the pink and black, the, the Bret Hart colors. That's my shit. Uh but the black on black is out also dope. All the other ones not so much, I don't think, but <laughs> I know these look really nice. Like uh, the the you're at the pink on black looks really good. My wife like loves pink, so she would love that color. Uh when I get a PS5 I'm gonna have to get her at least one pink controller. Um Oh, no, they look really good. So the thing about the covers is that they've they've already been third parties selling alternative covers now. Yeah. And so now Sony is trying to get into the game, but and also suing the people who've been doing this already 
So I know Dbrand was one, and they've got just some very good stuff written on their page <laughs> uh, about this whole thing. Uh, let me pull it up real quick here. Um, if you go to the page... Dbrand makes some good shit, dude. They got, like, leather yeah. covers for, like, Joy-Con controllers. Like, there's some good... They got some good shit. They got some really good yeah. shit. Dbrand is great. I just don't like... Uh, I don't like skins because i can never get put them on right so yeah, i always fuck them up <laughs> uh but these are actual plates though these are actual full plates so they're not they're not skins uh but they're their page says checkmate lawyers yeah i saw that um and they got this whole thing so what they had to do was they just had to like cut the corners off so i actually think theirs look better I do uh, too. I look way sleeker. The Sony ones still have these wings on the top. Um, and I guess to adhere to what the lawyers wanted, they just had to cut the corners off and it looks better. It looks way better. They added vents to it. Yeah, like... they added ventilation to the sides, which, wow, that's a no brainer, Sony. Uh, because they, they did come up with some issues of, yeah, these things are kind of, they're getting hot. So that's cool. And they also have LED strips along the, um, Along the the fans uh, in, the, in the front, which is dope. But through, throughout this whole thing, they have like little text that says, "Thanks, Sony. Do you have any idea how many lawyers we had to go through to find some that were willing to take on the dark plate cases?" We'll give you a hint. The answer lies at the bottom of Lake Ontario. Turns out our new lawyers can can handle either the murder charges or the dark plates file, but not both. <laughs> We may be a maximum security prison by the end of the year, but at least your PlayStation 5 would have indisputably original design. Uh, and then they I go on this. with even more text that's like, it's. I think it's worth like going through all this, but um, their design, their D-brand design is just way better. It's way better. Oh, yeah. It looks way so much cooler. sleeker. It looks so much nicer. That matte black look is so nice. Like, yeah, everything about this is better like yeah way to go sony like <laughs> um sony's selling their their covers for 55 dollars, and um i think for just like a couple bucks more you can get these cool d brand ones and they have vents on the side and and they're just just a lot nicer looking they have led strips you can kind of customize them so i don't know i think it's you think look it's at the the option to buy them and pre-order them. They have the two side-by-side -side for the disc edition, the digital edition, and the descriptions are like, you know, limited stock, three colorways, and not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's all, all kinds of descriptions. Click buttons to get discounts, fund our legal defense. <laughs> this is uh, fucking great. I love this. I love this. This is great. <laughs> But you yeah, dude, like, look at this. That. Like, if you just get the, the straight dark plate disc edition, it's on sale right now for $59. So $5 more than what Sony is selling theirs for. Normal price is like $70. So on average, like $15 more. And it looks so much better. It looks so much nicer. You could put yeah. LED strips in it, too. Like, I mean, it looks nicer, but also it's going to, like, give you a bit more performance because of ventilation yeah oh yeah 
maybe I don't know if a bit more, but it'll at least it'll keep you from overheating most definitely. There's some cool like, looking designs here, man. Like features in it, so yeah, I, I'm customizing one right now, and like that triple black uh, middle skin looks mm, looks fucking nice, dude. <laughs> God, this looks so cool. Yeah, yeah. I love this. <laughs> I love this. Kudos on them for like, all right, that's what you want. You want to keep your wings? Cool. Fuck your wings. We'll take the wings <laughs> off and make a better design. <laughs> well, we'll make we'll make our own plates, blackjack and hookers. <laughs> I, just, I don't like the way the disc one looks. The disc still has that little bulge out the side. It just looks not not great. I like the. the... Yeah, it's a really weird looking design. I don't like that bulge either. Digital design. But yeah. I don't have a PS5 when, I, when I get one, which will be at some point. Not soon, but <laughs> definitely going to get one of these plates. This looks good. Like, I'm, I guess I'm putting one together right now. Like, dark plates with the black, triple black middle skin and the red light strips. Fucking sexy as fuck. <laughs> this looks nice. Okay. Um, yeah, enough cooling over this. Like, it, it's cool. Like, I love seeing stuff like this. You know, Sony's going to shut them down for... What I think is, I don't understand the, the legal thing behind it. They're making their own plates. They're not saying that they're associated with Sony in any way. Doesn't make yeah. sense to me that Sony's going to come after them. Well, I think it's mostly just the design itself. I mean, basically, if anyone should sue, it should be D-Brand. <laughs> because technically... I don't know how the legal shit works, but I mean, they were doing it first. Sony was not making these until just now, while Dbrand has been making them the whole time. So exactly, I feel like they have more ground stand on than, than Sony does. But yeah. I don't know. But I, I can see why they would back out, though. Like the people don't have the money to fight these legal cases. Yeah. Like, even if you're in the right, it's easier just to back down and concede than to go through a legal fight that they're going to spend forever just postponing and delaying to bleed yeah. you dry. But yeah, it's cool. Finally, after... God, this has been out for, like, what, a year? More than a year? Yeah, more than a year. So finally, after more than a year, Sony's finally releasing some official plates and color skins. <laughs> like, whatever. I thought they would, but not, like, I didn't think it'd take this long. I'm trying to see if they yeah. have anything for uh, Xbox. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at some of them, too. I want to see what they have for, like, Switch. Because there's some cool shit in there. Um, also, Stalker 2 is getting NFTs. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, jokes aside, like, there was an announcement that Stalker, the Stalker metaverse, quote-unquote, will use blockchain blockchain technology to let the community own a piece of stalker 2 that includes the opportunity to become the first ever meta human which the uh article G gfc game world had written appears to define as a non-player character rendered in very high detail um there's a lot of stuff behind this people bidding to get this this nft um collect this nft so they can be they can have this this meta human and become part of this this bigger grand scheme blah 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 um basically 
Oh, there's a lot of pushback on it. There's of course there was. Anytime NFTs are involved with anything, there's gonna be a lot of pushback. Uh some of it justified, some of it not justified. Uh this I'm having trouble seeing what the problem is in this. Like people, I remember back in the day, like there are always like sweepstakes competitions, like get your face featured in a game or something. Yeah. I don't see how this is different on the fact that now you got to bid on it and pay for it. I think that's where the line is drawn. Yeah. See, I um, would agree. I would agree that. I don't really see the issue, especially since it's not like th- this whole thing, the, the meta human thing you're talking about, is not even in game, really. It's like an out of game, like before the game even comes out, they're doing this NFT thing, or they would have been doing this NFT thing to have you have a character in the game, right? That's whatever. That's yeah, it's whatever. And it's not like it's too out there like people paying to be in a game isn't new yeah like, i remember when shovel knight came out you know certain backers there's a tier if you back to a certain tier you can get your name or your character yeah. featured in the game i think I'm in um, i game. think there's like yeah um there's like two characters in shovel knight um there's like two bosses specifically um the big guy with the whip and the makeup I think he was like an original character that was bid to get in the game. And the thief guy with the boomerangs, I think he was an original character too that was so put the, into the game from a but The problem here is that it's not that getting a character in a game. Like, people don't have a problem with that. People have the, pro- the problem is just any involvement with NFTs whatsoever, people were just fucking offended by completely. So much yeah. so that they would like delete their entire Game Pass account because they don't want to fund it at all. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a bit extreme, don't you think? A little but, bit, uh, a little bit. And the stock, the stocker two devs have like doubled down, saying in a Twitter post that the studio needs the money to create and improve the game. It's like a financial thing. And then yeah. like the next day, they said they weren't doing it at all anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so, which is okay. funny. If they the the other problem is that what they're doing here doesn't need to involve NFTs whatsoever, because yeah. you can just bid off the character. You can just bid off the character itself, and I I don't see why the NFTs need to be involved in this at all. Um, like that's the other thing is that like like we said last week with the Ubisoft stuff, it's that the the technology is cool it's what people are doing with it that are fucking stupid and i think people have a problem disassociating that stuff the, the disassociating the technology with the usage of the technology and i think that's where the confusion is because the technology so too, is, and yeah what what's that i'll continue oh um yeah, because people keep doing stupid things with the technology. Yeah. They're associating the technology with being fucking stupid, which it's not. It's just people keep doing stupid things with it. Um, and this is a very stupid thing because you don't. Yeah. It just does. It's not needed for what they're trying to do. They're just auctioning off a character, which you can just do that without any blockchain or anything. Yeah, so I think that's where people were. But then I, I don't even know if they're doing it anymore. I don't even I don't even know if they're doing the character thing anymore. 
because of the backlash. Like the the character thing is cool. Like there's nothing wrong with the character thing. There's nothing wrong with them trying to make some money to try to fund development, but they they really haven't said one way or the other whether they're still doing that. Like they just said they're canceling the NFT stuff, which that's fine. Yeah, oh, it's damn, fine. You can it, still auction off the character. And I think... too? Do we have the same birthday? My bad. I'm just noticing this Twitch, this Twitter. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, um, I think a big part of the issue too is that it being an NFT kind of cuts off that idea from people who want to play the game. Because people who want, I don't think there's a lot of overlap. People who are excited for Stalker 2 and people who are in the uh, NFT trading. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at that point, releasing these NFTs just kind of limits it from fans of the game to like crypto bro bros and their bots that just buy up these spots and bid over them. And I think that's that I could see where people would be upset with that. You know, people who maybe would have loved to have a chance to like fund the game and like bid on a character now that there's NFTs involved, they're just competing with other fans, they're competing with like again crypto bros who yeah have way more money and they see it as an investment they're not trying to fund this game and get in there they're trying to invest in an nft and i can see where people would be frustrated with that and i, I think it's cool they backed out again like you said the idea of funding it to have a character own a character isn't a bad idea it's just the nft itself it didn't have it didn't have to be an nft to do it again yeah. shovel knight did that without needing nfts so it's weird that this game needs it, but we know why they did it. You know, NFTs are the cool new thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's fucking dumb. And I'm glad they, they, they undid it. Yeah. I don't think anyone understands how to really incorporate. Cause I'm not, I'm not against the idea of having some like cool blockchain shit in a video game, but it just depends on how you do it. Like I, I mentioned like Forza, Forza Horizon. Um, I don't know how many people here are familiar with Forza, but it has this whole marketplace where you can you can paint every every car in a game has its own store to where you can go and like paint everything. You can do custom paint jobs and then you can sell it in the in-game marketplace. But it'd be cool yeah. if like I could do all that work and it'd be a custom paint job by Wasabi. This was a paint job by Wasabi and it's custom just for the the Ford F one fifty. And if like you could incorporate like that as an NFT, and I don't think that would be a bad thing because it'd be one custom paint job and then anyone can buy it and trade it and it'd just be that one. And then everyone I do would be a little different. It'd be something unique and you could just keep selling that. And then me as a creator, I would get a little monetary kickback every time someone sold that or resold it. Um, and like, that would be really cool. I think just as, someone who created something in a video game that's now getting shared um, and it's completely unique and no one can ever imitate it or, you know, like stuff like something like that. That's kind of like the one real use case I can, I can see with it, but like there's other stuff you could do kind of along those lines that, that would just be really cool. But no one, no one wants to have the discussion of that. Everyone just has NFT bad. No, no way. And it's just, I think it really just it it um it just stifles any real uh progress we we could ever see with this stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. There needs to be a discussion about it. People just hear NFTs and they're just like, no, NFTs bad. Yeah. Uh, when there are, like, you're right, there's some cool shit that could be done with it. I don't want to write out the technology yet, but there is some cool shit that can be done with it. And we'll have to see if anyone does do it right. It just takes that one person to do it right. And we'll it's see right, if that ever for, happens. It's hard for anyone to do it right when if anyone does anything, it's already met with backlash before they even have a oh, chance. Yeah. It's like, that's what makes it tough. And, yeah, um, someone's just got to fall on that grenade and just, you know, take one for the team to see if, you know, it can like be done. Steam, you know, backlash even, Steam doesn't even allow, uh, Steam doesn't allow NFT shit at all. And I think even like Microsoft, like Phil Spencer came out and was like, yeah, we're not really supportive of that stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if anyone would ever... Maybe if they do it, it's gonna, it's gonna have to be like some indie shit on their own thing. Yeah, we'll have to see if anything does come out of it, but we'll see. Anytime there's new technology, there's always gonna be like some hesitancy, some backlash. So we'll see if something does come out of it. Um, moving on from there, we got some new uh, games available on Game Pass. There is actually a game on here I play that I forgot to mention, so I'll talk about it when we get to it. Um, we got Among Us is coming out on cloud, uh, Ben 10 Power Trip, cloud console and PC, uh, Broken Age, cloud console, PC, Broken Age, fun game. You can play it on Game Pass, definitely do it. Great the game. first half, really, yeah, really fun, interesting uh, point-click adventure. Second half, kind of bullshit. You might need a walkthrough, <laughs> yes. I'll be honest. The second half, I don't know what the fuck happened with that second half, same dude. fucking thing. They, well, the, the problem is they took like a year or two in between. So I remember playing that first half and being like, oh, this is great. This is so much fun. Uh, I'm not having any trouble figuring this shit out at all. It's great. And then that second half came out and you're like, dude, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, all the I remember playing it. Like, I need to whip out a pen and a pad and actually do some calculations here. I had to uh, fucking look up a walkthrough, dude. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Fucking, I didn't need a walkthrough at all for the first half. Yeah. And I, d I didn't have like, I didn't have the problem you did. We're having to wait like a year, a year and a half to get the second half of it. Like I got yeah. this on a uh, PlayStation Plus and it was all done. So as soon okay. as I finished the first half, I jumped right into the second. And I was like, dude, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I was immediately, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I needed a, a fucking guide by like the second puzzle. <laughs> and i was like this fucking sucks <laughs> i almost well, it's great though it's great still it's great <laughs> it's still good it's a fun story interesting idea interesting concepts um i liked it a lot but be prepared like the first yeah. half i would argue is like almost perfect <laughs> the second half these puzzles get ridiculous oh but, my you god know, i think i think it was like the people who are hardcore into those like point and click games they probably had the opposite feeling of like, man, that first half was too easy. And then they like got that feedback and was like, okay, you think it's too easy, motherfuckers? Or here you go. Uh, yeah, then it gets like, ridiculous. It. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's good, still a though. fun game, though. Yeah. yeah. It's still a fun game. Definitely worth playing. If you have Game Pass, go check it out. It's worth the time. You don't need a guide for the first one at all. But the second yeah. one... Yeah, definitely. You can try, you can try you know, doing it without a guide too. Like you can try. You I can got try. If you can do it, kudos to you. I I, I did I not. myself a pat on the back for for getting as far as I did. <laughs> I I did not. I don't think I got very far in it. 
And if I did, like, I wasn't bashing my head against the wall until I decided to just swallow my pride and look up a yeah. guide. Uh, but yeah, definitely check it out. It's worth looking into, at least just to try, especially if it's on Game Pass, man. All it's going to cost you some time. Um, Firewatch is also releasing Cloud Console PC. The Gunk, Cloud Console PC. Lake, Cloud Console PC. Mortal Kombat 11 is on Cloud Console PC, but I'm looking it up right now on Game Pass, on PC Game Pass, and I'm not seeing it. Maybe it just hasn't dropped yet. Hmm. Um, yeah, maybe it just hasn't dropped yet. But that's a dude. Yeah, that's supposed to be out. Uh, Pop Patrol, Mighty Pop, Save Adventure Bay. Long fucking name, and you can play it on Cloud Console and PC. <laughs> you got Race with Ryan, Cloud Console and PC. And then Record of Lodos War, Deed Light and Wonder Labyrinth is also available Cloud Console and PC. I played this when uh, when you put the notes out. Not yesterday. When you put the notes out yesterday, I read through it and I was like, oh shit, that's on Game Pass already? So this morning, I actually booted up, played it. I played it for about like 40 minutes, an hour. And I got some shit to say about this game, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I took a notes. I forgot to talk about it earlier when we were talking about games we played. Uh, but I got some notes, motherfucker. Like, damn. This game wants to be Symphony of the Night, like, really bad. You can tell from like the animation. Uh, the movements, the controls. Does it do the it thing, wants to be do the thing where uh, if you uh, jump, then attack, can you attack again immediately after landing? Nope. Nope. Okay. That sucked. But it does have a cool thing where you could aim in all eight directions. And okay. if you aim down and attack, it kind of holds you in the air a little bit. So you can jump on an enemy, aim down, and then just attack, 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 and then kill them before you drop. So that's pretty cool. Um... But no, it doesn't have like uh, that thing where like if you do a short hop attack, you can like cancel the animation attack immediately after. Yeah. Uh, but it does have some pretty cool stuff. Um, it, you can find these. Uh, there's two spirits you could find. Um, I think Sylph and Salamander, a wind spirit and a fire spirit. And the spirit, it kind of works like Cave Story, where if you kill enemies with that weapon, you can level up the weapon, then you get hit, you lose those levels. Similar like that with those spirits. But here's where the twist is. You get experience for the opposite spirit you're using. So if you're using the wind spirit, you get experience for the fire one. And if you're using the fire one, you get experience for the, the, the wind one. And when they hit level three at their max, they're doing the most damage. And you actually have a passive health restoration while it's at three. Up to your max HP. So that's really cool. Cool way to keep yourself healed. There's no potions in the game as far as I could see. So the only way to heal yourself is to have a level three spirit. You get hurt, switch to the spirit, and start healing yourself. And they have other little abilities, too. So, like, if an enemy is hitting you with a wind attack and you switch to the wind spirit, it'll absorb that. Uh, same thing with fire. And the wind spirit, if you hold the jump button, you'll actually have a cool little glide, and you can actually fly around a little bit. Um, it's a hover, so you can only fly. You have full flying movement, but you can only go so far off the ground while you're doing it. So that's pretty cool. So it's not like you can just fly everywhere. You can only fly up to a certain distance off the ground, but you're, it's full flying movement. You can move up, down, left, right, diagonally, however you want to move around. Uh, so that makes some platforming stuff really, really cool. And the fire one, I was disappointed. It didn't have anything initially. I was like, oh, this is lame. Why wouldn't I just like have the wind spirit the whole time? And then Partway through, I unlocked a slide kick, and that slide kick actually has a jump to it and invincibility frames if you have the fire spirit equipped. 
So that kind of makes me think like I'll probably unlock more abilities and they'll each have like spirit specific attributes. So that's really cool. And another cool thing about the game is that when you attack with that spirit, you do damage based on the element. So some enemies are weak to elements. Some of them totally resist them. Some of them are different one way or the other. So there, there's a lot of strategy you're swapping between them to try to fight to do the most damage. Now, here's some of my gripes with the game because it is really fun. I do like it. The challenge is really interesting. You can't just stock up on healing stuff and then spam them to heal. Like you, there, there's actual like strategy involved here. Um, I've leveled up like seven times, and I don't think the level is making a difference for me because I still feel like enemies take the same amount of hits to damage as they do. Mm. Um, the thing I want to level up is my spirits, obviously. So that way, like, it, again, it's like cave story. So the levels constantly change if you get hit. It's really easy to get back to max, but keeping it at max is trickier. And you're going to have a harder time if you get hit, you drop it down to a lower level because you got to work that back up again. But your character can level up independently, too. I'm on, like, level 7, and I don't notice a difference, at least from the earlier enemies. The amount of damage I do now, the only noticeable damage difference I noticed was from my spirits being leveled up. Is there, like, a... Uh, um, but here, are there, like, attributes you have to put points into? No. No, not at all. At least not that I noticed. Um, And the game tells you a lot of stuff. So it didn't tell me there are any attributes. So if I missed it, that's my bad, but... The game literally tells you everything, and I didn't tell me anything like that when I leveled up. Um, I don't even think my HP went up because, like, I found like an H. Uh, I found a collectible that increased my HP, and it bought my HP from 100 to 110. And it's been like that since level seven, so I don't know. Maybe like the damage I take was reduced. I don't know, but I didn't notice myself doing more damage with my character level. Um, now here's some of my gripes with the game. Um. This game was made by, I think it was like one person or a small team. And it's definitely noticeable on a couple technical aspects. Uh, one big one is that when the game tells you the controls, even if you have a controller equipped, it tells you the keyboard prompts, not the actual controller prompt. Uh. So that's really frustrating. Because uh, whenever it tells me something, I have to like memorize like, oh, X on the keyboard is my attack button. And then I, my attack button is, here's where it gets fucked up too. The, the, the controller layout is fucking garbage. Um, <laughs> this is a Metroidvania. It's meant to be modeled after Symphony of the Night and Castlevania more closely than like Metroid. Holding an Xbox controller, what do you think the jump button is? Be the A button. In this type yeah. of game. No, that's the attack button in this game. <laughs> By default, A is the attack button. X is the jump button. B is pulling out your bow and arrow. X is the which jump is button. yeah, it's fucking weird, dude. Um, I wrote it down like, but no, by <laughs> default in this game, by default in this game. Okay, so B is the jump button by default, and the attack button's A, which still feels fucking weird. I don't like it. So immediately I went in, changed the controls. Yeah, immediately went in, changed the controls. Okay, so A is going to be my jump button. X is going to be my attack button. Um, I, I made B my magic button, and that was a fucking mistake, because I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, but the arrow was one of the face buttons. I think it was the B button. And, or No, the jump was the B button. Uh, I think arrow was 
the Y button. Point is, like, you have your mat, you can cast magic spells, attack, jump, and use your bow and arrow, and they're all on the face buttons, and they're fucking, it's dumb the way they're set up. Because when you pull out your arrow, you're actually aiming with the left stick, and it feels so weird having that, you know, using a range attack for that. So I switched that to the right trigger. But here's the dumb thing I switched my magic to the B button. Because it just it made sense to me. Like, you know, if I'm gonna jump with A, attack with X, use my arrow with the right trigger, I'm gonna put magic on B. It just that's what sounded comfortable to me. That was a fucking mistake. Because <laughs> anytime I backed out, because you know you hit the B button to back out when you're in your menu, for some reason the game registered that as an input. And anytime I backed out of the menu, I would cast a spell <laughs> and use up MP. <laughs> It did it like three times, like twice in the menu, and another time um, a message came up, and I picked B to back out. Like a tutorial came up, I pushed B to back out of it, and then I cast a spell. And I was like, okay, this sucks. I fucking change that now. <laughs> so that's the thing, because I changed all the controls like immediately. I wonder if, because like, B was originally the jump button, so would I just be jumping every time I backed out of the menu? That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um. But yeah, so like there's a couple technical issues that are like really silly that you have to kind of fuck around with. Um, and you'll see it. Try the game out. It's it's pretty fun. It's on Game Pass, and I'm definitely giving it more shit than it deserves at some points. But fucking, if you're playing on on a controller, man, fucking go into those controls, set them up because it's fucking weird the way they have it set up. Yeah. And don't set your magic to the B button because if you back out of the menu, you're gonna cast a spell after you do it. Guy, this YouTube video. Uh... Shouts out to Indie James. He's got a full playthrough up that is three hours and 39 minutes. So I assume that this game isn't very long. It's pretty fun. I, I got a lot of time in. I got quite a bit of time into it, just like exploring. Oh, there's a really cool system with the bow and arrows too, because with your bow and arrow, you hold it to string it, and then when you let go, you fire. And while you're doing that, you can move any direction you can move um and kind of strafe back and forth and aim up and down and if you tap the dash button because it has a back dash if you double tap that you'll switch directions that's pretty cool and there are some puzzles because you can ricochet the bow and the arrow off of stuff so there's some puzzles where you're bouncing it off of walls to like cut a string to open a door and that um flying ability i told you with the uh wind spirit you can actually combine that with the bow and arrow and that can lead to some pretty interesting platforming and interesting puzzles. So there, there's some cool ideas here that I really like. Uh, but be warned, like, there's some technical issues in the beginning, especially with the control and the way it's laid out. It's not a perfect experience initially, but if you can grit your teeth and get through that, I think there's a special game here. I'll probably play more of it and have more of an opinion next week. If it's that short, I'll probably have it finished by, like, next podcast. But it's pretty dope for what I've been playing. I do like what I'm playing through so far. Um, technical issues aside, it's a pretty fun game. Um, we also got Transformers Battlegrounds is also coming, cloud console and PC. Um, so check those out. You know, all these games here are worth at least checking out if you have Game Pass. Um, we also got a look at the Indie World Showcase that had just premiered December 15th, so about three days ago. Um, we got a look at a, co- a quite a few games, dude, uh, mostly indie games. Have been uh have been or announced uh Sea of Stars set to come out holiday 2022 on Switch. 
um, Alicia, the Oblivion of the Twin Goddess, Spring 2022. Um, there's some interesting games here. There's quite a few to go through. So if you want to get a full list, check out the uh, podcast notes. But there's a couple that stood out to me that I really want to get into. But what about you, Wasabi? Is there anything that caught your eye that you really want to talk about? Um, nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. You fucked up this... Uh... You fucked up this doc. <laughs> I was trying to figure I did? Out. Uh, well, someone did. Like, it's put a header on every one of these pages. Yeah, I noticed that. I thought you did that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's how we're, that's what we're doing now? Okay. <laughs> um, I just ignored it. But, yeah, there's, um, there's some cool, ga- interesting games here. Um, a couple games that have already been out on PC are set to come out. Uh, River City Girls 2 was one that I was really excited for. I love the first River City Girls. Got to go back and finish it. And we got to look at River City Girls 2 on Switch. Which is cool. I pretty much figured it would be coming to Switch. Like, it makes sense it would be coming to Switch. Yeah. And it was cool. They got to show off kind of a bit of extended gameplay with this Switch announcement, too. So I'm really excited to see that. Uh, So new gameplay, two-player co-op. Also, there's some. I really like what I'm looking at here. I love River City Girls. I'm definitely gonna pick this one up. Um, new moves, new techniques. I saw this bit where like one of the girls like grabbed a bad guy, and the other girl like punched the fuck out of him. That was cool. I love seeing that. Uh, some new playable characters too are in the game, so that's really nice to see. All in all, it looks like a big improvement over what we saw in River City Girls. And as far as I know, this is the most extended gameplay we've seen of it so far since it was announced. So that was really cool, really exciting for me. Uh, we also got announcement that uh, Don't Starve Together is coming out on Switch, which pretty big deal. I mean, Don't Starve was a really big game, a big indie game on PC. Don't Starve Together. I don't know if that came out yet on Switch on PC. It did. But I know it's that one's. It did. It's been I out for a while, so it's cool. <laughs> you hate Don't Starve? <laughs> it's so difficult, man. Like, it's it's hard to get into as a newcomer. And enjoy I've yourself. never played it, so I have no idea. It's hard as fuck. Um, <laughs> it's I've so never played it. When the fucking like when you when you're like when your lights go out and you're in the darkness, you're pretty much you're fucked. Like it's it's difficult. Oh well, I mean, if you're if like Wasabi, you don't like it, then fuck that game. But <laughs> not that I don't like it. It's just that it's very punishing to a point where yeah. it's like not fun. <laughs> But. Well, it's coming out on Switch, so you know, it sounds a roguelike, so like perfect for Switch, at least I think so. Yeah. Um, we also got Grime that's coming out on Switch too. If you guys remember, uh Wasabi played that on the uh, demo derby. Well tried, tried to play to it. Play. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucked up like right in the beginning. I couldn't get any Yeah. Yeah, but I've heard good things about Grime since it was announced. So that that might be a fun game, you know, a Metroidvania platformer with souls elements like yeah you know that sounds perfect for switch uh but the there's a couple cool things announced too that look really interesting with the biggest one that they actually and closed the show with was uh amori is coming to switch as well um those of you who don't know amori came out last year i want to say yeah christmas of 2020 so almost a year ago it had come out um it was it's been in kickstarter for ever i remember fucking i was still working at i think best buy back in like 2015 2014 when this game got announced 
or when the Kickstarter went live. Um, so this game has been in development forever. It came out to very, very positive reception last year. Um, it's a kind of silly RPG. Think of it like Super, like Paper Mario, but there are some very dark elements underneath it. Kind of think of it like Undertale a little bit. I don't, I don't like comparing every game to Undertale, but for sake of, for the sake of like simplicity, let's say it's like Undertale, uh, with some Paper Mario combat with a very dark story underneath it. Um, I've read reviews on it. I've heard a lot of things about it. I kind of spoiled it for myself, so I'm a little upset that I, I won't get to play this game fresh, but. There's some cool stuff here. And up until now, the console announcements haven't been made for the game yet. So it is really cool that we got announcements coming on Switch Spring 2022. And nothing has been announced for PS PlayStation, Xbox, at least not yet. So I guess we got an exclusive console announcement for a more, at least for the time being. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, those are some of the main highlights I wanted to hit on. Obviously, there's more stuff in here if you guys want to check it out in the notes. Definitely check it out. The video is only like, well, like 25 minutes long. So check it out. There's some cool stuff in here that's worth looking into. Um, and some quickie news. We got a Splinter Cell remake. Just our development, uh, at least according to Ubisoft Toronto. I'm not a Splinter Cell guy. I never played any of the Splinter Cell games, but I know you're a big Splinter Cell fan, right? Not, uh, not really. Uh, I just so really it was just like... that, uh, that mode. Well, there were two modes that I, I spent the most time with. There was the, the Mercs versus Spies mode, which that that Spectre game looks like it's remaking that like yeah. very uh, faithfully. So I don't know if they're going to do that with this, but hopefully they do and we'll get some more of that. But it was also, it had a co-op mode. You can do the entire campaign. No, I think it had like a separate co-op dedicated campaign that you could do with a friend and that was all i played i played the co-op mode with my with my dude uh don trail and and then me and my brother would play the uh mercs versus, mercs versus spies um uh yeah that was all i played i hated the i hated the campaign <laughs> <laughs> I hate that game for like, well, because it wasn't like, it, it's not like a Metal Gear where you actually have options. You can kind of tackle things however you want. It was like rigidly, strictly, no, fucking don't get seen or you're fucked. And I just don't yeah. like that. So. So that, that's a bummer. But yeah. I mean, a lot of people have been excited for this game forever. I think the last game we got was like Blacklist in like, what, 2013? <laughs> Yeah, and those games were more uh, action-oriented. You could actually just go and, and shoot motherfuckers if you wanted to in those ones, which was a bit more fun, in my opinion, but was not what Splinter Cell was about. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of complaints about that. That's why I haven't seen a Splinter Cell game since 2013. So hopefully, you know, with this remake, we can get something cool. I would love to see another open-world stealth game, kind of like Phantom Pain. Um, controversial opinion. Yeah. I thought Phantom Pain was fucking excellent. Um, and it, it bums me out. Yeah. The game was so heavily just like unfinished. I, the um, thing about I, this Splinter Cell remake, people, I, I don't, I guess people just didn't read the fucking shit here, but they keep speculating that, oh, what if it's open world? They already said, they say, if you read this article that Ubisoft put out, they said it's not going to be open world. It's going to be 
right here it says we're going to keep it linear like the original games not make it open world yeah, that's a huge bummer because like i love phantom pain and i haven't gotten an experience quite like that since <laughs> yeah but that's the thing like i said it's not it, that splinter cell has never been like an options oriented game it's always been like you know you're gonna play it this way don't get seen don't get caught or you're fucked like that's what those games have been i don't think they can kind of do that transition like metal gear did yeah i mean we'll see um hopefully they'll have a bit more freedom even in like the linear sections because hitman is kind of a linear level based game but there's some options and how you can like tackle each like objective so yeah so i just want some freedom man i want to play i want freedom in how i tackle a problem some of my best experiences a little tangent here but in phantom pain was just having a plan and not going the way i planned it out but still improvising my way out of the situation you know what i mean yeah like you like, got a plan shit like that. and as soon as your plan gets fucked you're like well i guess we're uh gonna improvise here <laughs> i had this great moment i'm gonna talk about some uh really cool game experience that solidified phantom pain it's like one of my favorite games i had this objective to go in get this dude and get out okay that was my objective and um, I was like, cool. I tagged up a bunch of guards. I learned routes. I was like, okay, cool. I'm ready to go in, get this dude, be like a fucking ghost. Go in, get him, get out. Nobody's the wiser, right? Um, within five, within like a minute of me like setting foot in the base, a fucking car that I didn't know was in the area like rolled up on me and caught me. <laughs> and I did that slow motion thing, you know, where I got caught. But, you know, yeah. I can't just use, like, my, my, uh, I can't use a silenced pistol to take out this guy. Because there's a dude, there's, like, a dude driving, a dude in the passenger seat, a dude, like, in the back. But I can't trank all these dudes in that time. So I pulled out my machine gun, gunned them all down. <laughs> and suddenly, alarms are going off, people are rushing. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm like, I could start over, or I can just try to make this work. So I threw a bunch of C4 on the on the on the car because I was still far enough away that no other guard saw me. They just heard gunshots, and the guys couldn't radio in. So I was like, "Okay, cool." So I put a bunch of C4 on the car, took another route all the way around the facility because a bunch of guards were pouring out. So now all those guards that were guarding the place aren't there anymore because they're all pouring out to see where those gunshots came from. And halfway through that, I set the C4 off. That blows up the car, raises the alarm some more, but now more guards are pouring out to see what's going on. <laughs> in the confusion, I was able to rush in, grab my guy, and get out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit, this game is fucking amazing. I've never had an experience like that since. Except maybe you, playing Breath of the Wild. When you mentioned that, that slow-mo thing, it reminded me yeah. that I played that game a little differently because I disabled all of the assists. Oh, yeah? Uh, so I could play it like a real Metal Gear game because I don't know. I thought that slow mo shit was bullshit. I thought like, I thought it was cool. I loved the, it. The um the whole <laughs> detection thing where like if someone's looking at you, it shows you exactly where they are. Or it, like it gives you all this information that uh you wouldn't normally have. If you were playing a real Metal Gear game, so I turned all that off and played it like a real Metal Gear game. And that made me take at least like ten times longer to finish it than than it should yeah. have taken. But I don't know. I, I think I enjoyed it more that way. I tried again like that. I've been meaning to like have an excuse to replay it, and that would be a fun way to check it out. 
But little things like that. Like I've never had a game give me that much freedom to like tackle all my options. Um, except maybe Breath of the Wild when that came out. Yeah. And I would love another experience like that. But yeah, that's I'm what sucks is that see the thing about Breath of the Wild is that we're definitely getting another another Breath of the Wild. So whatever they didn't do well in that first one, they can do even better in the next one. But it sucks that Metal Gear is that like they have so much room for improvement there and we're never gonna see it because Yeah, dude, you know. it sucks. It sucks. Phantom Pain was so fucking good. Yeah. The gameplay was so good. And it bums me out that like we're just gonna scrap it. Like, oh, we're done. We're gonna make a shitty survival game and that's it. Like, no, do something else. Even if it's not another Metal Gear game. Like, yeah. do something with that concept. That's such a cool concept. Do something with it. Um, but we'll we'll see. I mean, hopefully something comes out, but I don't doubt Konami's gonna do anything. And the Splinter Cell remake, even though it's level based, I hope there's enough freedom in every level that you can kind of tackle the game the way you want. Yeah, I'll I mean, Hitman would be Hitman would be a good uh, middle ground between like a full open world and a, and a like a full linear game. I gotta play Hitman. I need to play Hitman already. I've I've been it's told good. like it's gonna gotcha. it's gonna it's not gonna completely scratch that itch I wanted that Phantom Pain's leaving, but it's gonna like. No, I think it will. Go. I think it will. I think it does. Ah, the first Hitman is... I, I just remember I got Hitman, the first one, free on Epic. So I think I'll download that. Yeah. It it scratches that itch. It does. Yeah? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I have it on Epic. I'm downloading it right now. <laughs> I'm downloading it right now. Yeah, we also got uh, Valkyrie Entertainment joined PlayStation Studios. Remind me what they did. They were just like a subsidiary that kind of just worked on whatever project came their way, right? They, they weren't like a full-on yeah. developer, right? I think they were just like an assist developer. Like they kind of... Um, uh, the like like the bigger devs is... send them stuff to work on and they, they'll work on some small stuff and then send it back. Um, is what I understand. I don't think they've ever done anything completely on their own. So. Yeah, I know they worked with um, Santa Monica to, uh, to for God of War. So, you know, they, they have some some chops there. And now they're joining PlayStation Studios as a full-on developer. So, I mean, we'll see if they'll get their own game or they'll just be more like, you know, that kind of middle developer that just kind of helps out any project that needs it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Um, Tencent acquired Turtle Rock Studios. You know, the uh, Back for Blood developers, we got Tencent, bought them out. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. Turtle Rock is a American studio, right? Out of California. I think so. So yeah, so it's weird to me that Ten Cent's buying them out, but we'll see what happens, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what they make them do. <laughs> also, another fun little quickie. Uh, we got Pornhub's 2021 year in review. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. fun data here, man. There's a lot of fun <laughs> data here. I love looking at just data like this. It's it's fun. It's fun. You look at it and you're like, huh. Those are interesting numbers. Um very funny things like hentai was the number one search on Pornhub, surpassing even Japanese <laughs> and lesbian, which is funny because I think well, last I was, year, I was like, focused on more they have a video game specific section. Oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I want to That's talk about right. some of the other stuff. Like, it's really funny. There's so much stuff here they wouldn't think was on top. But, yeah, they have the most searched video games. Not only do they show you, like, 
what's at the top. But they also show like rankings, like what's fallen, what's risen. Yeah. And <laughs> Fortnite is number one right now, which is surprising. It was number one last year. And what's funny is Minecraft is second place, where last year Minecraft was what fourth place and Overwatch was second. Yeah. And then behind Minecraft, we got Overwatch at third, Pokemon at fourth place. Again, dropped down from third last year. And Brawl Stars made it in the top five at fifth place. I didn't know what Brawl Stars was, so I looked yeah, it I up. Yeah, so I'm looking it up. Is that the... What is that? Hold on. Oh, it's a MOBA. Oh. Kind of. It's like a... What is this? I've never fucking heard of this. It's like a a 3v3 MOBA with Battle Royale elements. Okay. These characters look like children, so I don't know if I like that this is like the fifth... <laughs> uh, well, it's weird because like... Minecraft? Like, what do you like? What Minecraft shit exists? Like, I'm just curious to kind of look some of this up and be like, okay, that's what Minecraft porn is. Okay. Like, Overwatch. What's funny? What's funny is that Minecraft has jumped up like two places over Overwatch and Pokemon. Like, what? (laughs) Like, Among Us isn't in here. Like, what the fuck is Among Us porn? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like parody stuff, but maybe it's that high in the thing. There's got to be a lot of it. Like Five Nights at Freddy's is in there. Genshin, of course, would be in there. Yeah, Genshin and, and Five Nights at Freddy's are in the top ten. Like Roblox is a weird one. Yeah, Resident Evil, which, of course. Which is crazy because we look at the top ten. There are some obvious names in there, you know, Minecraft, like Fortnite, Overwatch, Pokemon. But then you look at like Minecraft, Brawl Stars, Among Us, FNAF. Well, like Fortnite Genshin is Impact weird. makes sense. Fortnite is weird to me because Fortnite doesn't really have characters. I mean, I guess it does, but like if you're looking for Fortnite porn, what exactly are you looking for? Is like that that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like like yeah, Fortnite's a popular game, but are there any characters in there that you can like, "Oh yeah, I want to see her get fucked." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's not, unless you bring it up like, yeah, that's something I don't understand either. That's really weird. Like, like Overwatch, Overwatch, I get it. Definitely. Pokemon, sure. Yeah, Genshin Impact, for sure. Oh, yeah, of course. But, but like, low yeah, is but like, ridiculous. Roblox? Yeah, but Roblox? Again, yeah, look Roblox. at top 10. Like, Roblox is in there, Among Us, FNAF. <laughs> Resident Evil is below Roblox, which has more recognizable characters, so you'd think, like... Yeah. Those are the characters people want to see get fucked. And... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, if you look at, like... If you look at all the games that have recognizable stuff, like Roblox, like Resident Evil, GTA V, Dragon Ball Z, League of Legends, Mortal Kombat, Final Fantasy, like, those are all, like, not in the top 10. They're, like, in the top 20. Like, it's it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me to see this. Like, it's really interesting. When you look at, like, most search video game characters, like, which is the very next slide, like, Laura Croft is number one, which I'm not surprised... Um, we got some new games coming out. They just had a new game last year. Diva, second place. Overwatch, again, not surprised. But Super Mario is number three. <laughs> not Peach, but Mario. 
that's a trip. I I think it's weird. Like Lara Croft is like, yeah, she's hot, but like, I don't know if like people know like that's like I I'm thinking of the year 2021. Who are the characters that I know? Like it'd be Lady Demestru. Like she's not even in this list. Yeah, dude. Like yeah, that's dude. the character. Abby I'm from Last of Us is in this list. Yeah. And not Lady Demescu or Demestru, Demescu. Um what's interesting to me is you look at all of the this whole list. Tiny Tina is in this list. Yeah, Tiny Tina's on this list, just <laughs> weird and gross. But if you look well, at this because list, Tiny Tina in the movie that's uh in the movie Tiny Tina is uh Ariana Grande Grand Grande. Oh jeez. Yeah. That might be interesting. But look at this, like if you look lower, like Skyrim has an Argonian, like the lizard people. <laughs> Jules from Fortnite is also there towards the bottom. Who is Jules? I think Jules is the default female in Fortnite. I think that's who that is. Oh yeah. But I could be wrong. That's the only character I know. She's the one with like the green tank top and like the combat boots. She's I got think like pigtails. I don't know who this is, but maybe that's not her. Maybe okay. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that, it's, it's super interesting Fortnite, to see this data. Yeah. What's What's funny to me is that Ashley Graham from Mass Effect is on this list, and she's the only Mass Effect character on here. Which is interesting because she's probably in the Mass Effect community. She's like the most, the least popular love interest in the Mass Effect community, but she's the only one making it in this list of like top search like video game characters for porn. That's what which I'm is thinking, interesting like, to me. The, these searches are not. I, I'm I'm wondering who is searching these things. It can't be because yeah. Lara Croft to me, like in the '90s, sure, but 2021, no one's thinking about. Tomb Raider like that anymore. If you are, well, you're you're just like you're you're playing the game, but you're not. Yeah, I did. I don't know. I I would love to have seen like because like how they did with the most searched video games, how they had like the ranking, like you saw the rank change. I would love to see that for video game characters to see like what's changed since then. Because there's a couple names like Diva's not going anywhere, but it's crazy to me that Jill Valentine's still the most searched character. When you said late for Resident Evil when like you said Lady Demaskew, you think would be getting the most attention now. What's interesting is that if you look at this character list, fucking Pikachu's on here, which is weird as shit. <laughs> um, and it, Pikachu's above Gardevoir. <laughs> but uh, like <laughs> most, is, most of the list is stuff that was like popular in the '90s that were big names and like Chun Li, uh, Tifa Lockhart, uh, like Bowser. Katana. Well, Bowsette. Not Bowser, Bowsette. Well, which is a meme. List, but... <laughs> Are they? I don't see Bowser. Yeah. Where's Bowser? Little... Oh, Bowser is in there. Yeah. How funny like, is it? Misty that the... from Pokemon. Like, yeah. a lot of these names are, like, super old. They're not really relevant as much today as they were, like, way back. So Yeah, I'm, but I'm if you curious. look at the search bar, like, how much they were searched, like, when you look at the top five, you know, there's some pretty big numbers there and then it starts to drop off substantially and when you get to like the last like bottom like what 10 they're very close in terms of numbers but they're still a lot lower than like anything above them so maybe these are just like residuals people who are just like super into that character from like forever ago 
we're going to look up porn of this character like all the time. You know, the, a consistent fan base that's not going anywhere. Um, but what's interesting to me is that like they're all women, obviously, except for a couple characters: Mario, Link, Bowser. Only ones on here that are like exclusively men, and they're all from Nintendo. So that's interesting to me. <laughs> Peach isn't on here, but Bowsette, a meme, is on here. Um, super interesting to me. I don't know why I find it so interesting, but the, these numbers are hilarious. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more on here if you want to look at like more specific stuff, like traffic and hourly traffic during um the Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp out. It's just really fun stuff to like look at here. Uh, if you want to play around with the data, look at it. It's really fun looking at. Um, even each country has like specific like search terms, but the video game stuff. Super interesting to me to see, like, you know, what's popular right now, what's not popular. I think Argonian like, is fuck. good for Skyrim, especially since, like, Skyrim just has porn mods. It just has fuck mods. I mean, you could just load that game up and do all of your fantasies within the game. Maybe, but, uh, but if you don't have a computer, you know, you can just, you could probably just watch, like, that game's on those Switch. mods. I mean, if you really want. <laughs> if you really want to fuck that game up you could do it on everything so I mean I don't know yeah, but Argonian is weird specifically uh, yeah that's why when I saw like in the list because like Skyrim was on there it wasn't in the top 10 but it was on there for most search games I was like who's searching up Skyrim stuff and when I saw Argonian was like one of the most searched like characters. I was like, okay, that makes sense. There's a a lot of Argonian fetishism, I guess. <laughs> well, there's a book in the game called The Lusty Argonian Maid. Oh, I remember that. And I guess oh. like I thought that was just like a meme, but I guess like there is like some legit like oh, yeah, interest in Argonian porn. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's really funny to me. If you guys want to check it out, like it's in the show notes. If you want to see uh there's a lot of interesting data in here that I think is really funny. Um, yeah, moving on. Uh, we are a video game podcast, so that's the video game stuff that we're done talking about with Pornhub. <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, we got some trailers and videos, man. Uh, we got Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. It's got a teaser trailer. Uh, that's coming out 2022 for uh, PS4, PS5, PC. The link is not fucking working. I don't know what's going on with my computer. <laughs> Um, this game looks good. Uh, I don't know shit about Grand Blue Fantasy other than it started out as a mobile game. I think it's a gotcha game. And then they made a fighting game. And that I remember that was pretty well received. Uh, and now this is like a RPG-ass RPG. And it looks dope as fuck. Uh, almost reminds me of uh, Final Fantasy Twelve. Just from like the look and feel of it, but like, uh, I don't, see if, I, oh, it just finished loading. Cool. <laughs> oh, this looks. It does look a little bit Final Fantasy twelve, but is the combat more like action focused? I'm seeing like air juggling and stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So it kind of reminds me of like Bayonetta a little bit. Oh, I think I heard of this. Wasn't like. Platinum working on a Grand Blue Fantasy game or making that up? Uh, I don't think so. 
Well, there was there was the fighting game that someone did, but yeah, the arc system works there. But I could have sworn that like, okay, so they were working on a Grand Blue Fantasy action RPG, but they got um, they were replaced by side games in 2019. Ah. I remember hearing about this and like being interested in the game, not because like I'm in a Grand Blue Fantasy, but because like Platinum was working on it. But now that they're not working on it, I don't know if I'm interested anymore. <laughs> I mean, it still looks good. I looks cool, know. but I think Psy Games is known for some gotcha shit. So who knows? These guys might be trying to get in on that uh, Genshin money. Which Maybe. this looks way better than Genshin. I'll say that off top. <laughs> it does, but if we want to be honest here, like Tales of Arise just came out. It's a very similar game, but Tales of yeah. Arise looks way better than even this. So yeah. I need to play that. That's gonna be the one I, I play. Too. I think I do too. My buddy, my old co-host Jimmy, that I was doing a retro bike with forever ago. I still see him on Steam every once in a while, and he has like two hundred hours in that fucking game. <laughs> Get him on. I'm talking like about insane, it. Dude. He's got so much time in that game for sure. Um, I should hit him up, see what he's doing, if he wants to be on the show. Um, but yeah, we got uh that looks really cool. Um, I, I really like action RPGs a lot, so this looks like it'll be a lot of fun. But if I had to choose between that and like Tales of Arise, like Tales of Arise looks way better. You know, I, they're not the same game, but similar ideas. Uh, we also got a Reveal trailer for Sniper Elite 5. I I didn't know they're still making these games, if I'm being honest. <laughs> they are, and it looks like a Sniper Elite game to me. I don't know. There's nothing uh, nothing too crazy going on here. It's just It looks like one of those. I think the last one was trying to be, like, open world, right? Like, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know how well I did that, though. Whatever. I mean, it's another Sniper Elite game. Like, if you played them, this is another one. If you're a big fan of them, we got this next one coming out in 2022 for everything but Switch. So that'll be cool to check out. Um, and an unexpected trailer. We got Assassin's Creed crossover stories, yeah. which is a crossover story featuring the characters from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the one set in uh, not Odyssey. Sorry, it was Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, it was Odyssey, the one set it's in Odyssey. Greece. Yeah, and then Assassin's Creed um, Valhalla, the one set with, you know, Vikings and shit. But what's interesting is that it's two different DLC stories for each individual game. Yeah. Which is interesting. It would have been so easy just Valhalla's the newest game, make a crossover story for that game. But no, they're going back to Odyssey. And putting this extra story into it, so you get it from Cassandra, the uh, Odyssey character's perspective, and what's her name from um, Valhalla? Yeah, now, the thing about the thing about Odyssey is that most players actually did not pick Cassandra. Uh, they picked the male character, uh, Alexios, which is funny. Yeah, Alexios, which is funny because I've been told that like Cassandra is like the best one out of the two. Yeah. So. It's weird that they're like, I don't know what they're going to do if that was your character. It's going to force you to play as her. I don't know. But, the way it uh, sounds like, it sounds like they might be like 
just connecting the games together. So it could just be whoever like you play it as. There might be like a a care a save carry system. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Yeah. But we got this announcement here that this was happening, and it's interesting for me to see that. Um, to see that coming out. Yeah, reinstall all 80 gigs of uh, Odyssey just for this DLC. I've heard Odyssey was good, and like I've never played it, yeah. but I've heard good things about it. It's yeah, it's good, but uh, it's long. It's the same yeah. for uh, Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, same for Valhalla. Like I played it, I it re- it reinvigorated my love for Assassin's Creed. I was like, yeah, this is great. But uh, it's fucking long. Long as fuck. <laughs> yep, long as fuck. Um, we also got a look at Horizon Forbidden West, Machines of the Forbidden West. Um, we got just basically a look at some of the monsters and the ro- machines you'll be fighting and interacting with. They should have. Uh, it looks cool. This is what they should have shown during the Game Awards. They should have shown all yeah. of these during the Game Awards, to be honest. But yeah, I agree. For whatever reason, they didn't. Yeah, I agree. There's some cool stuff in here. I mean, you've played Horizon. Like, this is more of that. Yeah. Um, Not something I was, like, really caring for. I played the first Horizon. It was okay. I got to... I want to go back and finish it, but I can't find the energy to do it. <laughs> it didn't, like, grab me as much as, like, I seem to grab everybody else. Just set it, to, set it to easy mode, like I did. Story mode. And just breeze through it. That's the best way to do it. What's up, know. Daisy I Hicks? Wasn't... Is in the chat says hoy What's boy, F Y I. That might be a bot. <laughs> oh hi Daisy, if you're a bot, go fuck yourself. But if you're not, something I noticed, something I noticed about YouTube is first and last name on YouTube. I don't know why. That's a little weird to me. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. They tried to do that with me, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um. Horizon looks dope, though. Oh, yeah. Horizon looks dope, but I don't know. I couldn't get myself to finish the first one. I don't know if I'm going to do the same thing with this one, but we'll see. Um, it's coming out on PS4 and PS5. I might just wait till they inevitably release it on PC, but we'll yep. see. Uh, we also got Chocobo GP uh, is releasing March 10th, 2022. That is my birthday, actually, March 10th. Ooh. So I'm not going to buy this game, though. If I have to play this game for my birthday, it's going to be a bad birthday. Um, I, it looks almost exactly like Mario Kart. So like some does. of the, I think I said this when we first saw it too. Like some of these, some of this stuff looks like it was taken straight out of Mario Kart and just given a different skin because some yeah, of like it doesn't have like a Final Fantasy like identity, which is kind of driving me nuts. Like yeah, which it's interesting because like if you look at like other kart racers, you could argue like, oh well, any kart racer look at Mario Kart. Like no, because you know, Sonic All-Star Racing looks like Sonic. It looks like a Sonic game. Like, I I, yeah. I won't get that confused with Mario Kart. Same with the Crash Bandicoot Racing game. I won't get that confused with Mario Kart. But this, like, it's like trying really hard not to be a kart racer, but to be Mario Kart. It's not that it look. It's not that it, uh, it looks like Mario Kart. It's not. How am I trying to say this? What I'm trying to say is that the track design and the animations and the way the camera moves and the 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 speeds the speeds uh, traps on the on the ground like everything looks like it was pulled straight from Mario Kart and then given a, a skin to kind of Final Fantasy eyes it a little bit 
but yeah, like like a Final Fantasy mod for Mario Kart or something. Like yeah, it looks like a mod. Yeah, which is super weird to me. It's like, see, I know exactly what you mean. Like, like I said, like you play any other kart racer, like Sonic or Crash Bandicoot, and it looks like its own thing. But this is like very clearly trying not to be a kart racer. It's not trying to be a Final Fantasy kart racer. It feels like it's trying to be like Mario Kart Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. I, I it's like not a bad Mario thing. Kart. I like those tracks. Me too. So I'm sure it's going to be fun, but it's just crazy how much it just makes me want to play just Mario Kart instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also got a launch trailer for Pray for the Gods. Looks cool. You talked about it. <laughs> yep, this is what convinced me to buy the game. I was like, are you telling me this is a fucking indie Shadow of the Colossus mixed with Breath of the Wild? And the trailer said yes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> It's yeah, great. It looks really cool. Yeah, I want to check it out now. Um, you're convincing me to go check it out. Maybe after all my Christmas shopping, it shit's done. <laughs> I have some money left over. Yeah. Um, we also got a trailer for Dead by Daylight. Uh, Ringu. Um, you know, from the, the Ring. Having that little yeah. crossover. Um, which looks interesting to see. Like Dead by Daylight should just like, just do more of these horror movie crossovers. Like instead of like making your own game, just. Hit up Dead by Daylight, do a crossover with them. Yeah, like they've already done it with like Hellraiser. Um, God, what else? You know, The Ring, Hellraiser. Um, I think Pumpkinhead was in here too. I gotta, I gotta look back at it. But they've done a ton of crossovers, and it's really cool to see that still going. Uh, but yeah, The Ring is interesting. Ring is interesting, so it'll be cool to see that. I'm not surprised it's happening, and I'm kind of impressed. I want to see what that looks like. I gotta buckle down and just play Dead by Daylight already. I've heard good things about it. It's uh yeah. <laughs> I don't I played a little bit. I had a friend who's who's into it. And I was like, Yeah, I'll jump on with you. And like it's uh okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's not it's not I it's not what you it's not what you expect. Yeah. Unless you're expecting like I don't know. <laughs> It's just you running around as a as a survivor trying to get like, yeah. generators going, and then a thing chases you from some horror thing. Well, what's uh, cool is that like I'm a big horror movie buff, so like seeing stuff like that, you know, seeing recognizable characters, that's enough to like get me interested in it. Okay. Um, what's cool with this like ring crossover, and I keep saying ring, but it's Ringu that they're crossing over with. Which what's the difference? Well, Ringu is the original <laughs> Japanese movie. Is yeah. the ring with Sarah Michelle Geller. This is Ringu. <laughs> the original stories that they're they're basing it off of. So, you know, slight difference there, but it's it's cool to me to see that they're honoring the original source material. Um, and not the remake or the American remake that we got. Um, I haven't seen either one. Honestly, I am not super into like those Japanese horror movies, if I'm being honest. Uh so I didn't check out either yeah. one, but I've heard Ringu's really good. I get this mixed up with The Grudge a lot. Yeah, there's a reason for that because, like, you know, during, like, early 2000s, like, I think it was The Ring did so well that Hollywood just started copying any, like, Japanese horror movie that had come out the last, like, 15 years. Uh, um, okay. And where each, like, horror movie had their own distinct characters and designs, like, they just kind of copy-pasted a lot of them over when it got Americanized, so stories like 
Ringu, um, the grudge, one missed call, they all just like copied and pasted similar designs over, even though they were more distinct than the original source material. Um, maybe not aesthetically too much, but in terms of like backstory, there are some differences that they didn't really catch in the way they Americanized them. Oh, that's a conversation for another day. We're a video game podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's, there's some horror movie history for you guys there. All two of you that care about when I talk about horror movies. Um, yeah, that's going to be it for the show, man. That's all. That's everything. Um, thank you, everybody that came in to listen. Uh, Sabi, tell the people where they can find us, man. Guys, you can go to GameOverse.com. GameOverse.com slash Twitch. GameOverse.com slash YouTube. GameOverse.com slash Discord. Jump in there, chat with us. We chat back, guys. We're always having some uh, interesting conversations. Let us know what you think about the whole uh, black uh, characters and black creators thing. I think it's an uh, interesting, interesting old topic to, to spark some discussion there. But yeah, for sure, we get enough uh, feedback on the Discord. We might get a second part on the next podcast. So yeah, you guys got opinions that we didn't consider? You know, let us know. I love to talk yeah. about it. And um, I'm gonna be playing more. Pray, pray for the gods. We're playing more. I'm gonna finish Psychonauts. I'm gonna dip back into Deathloop. And yeah, just uh, video games always, always happening. So uh, if you want, if you want us to check out something specific, uh, let us know. We might uh, do that as well. So that's gonna do it. Thank you, everybody.